0: You're listening to the Phenom NHL Show on the Phenom Media Podcast Network, powered by the most passionate young sports analysts in the game. If you're looking for creative, informative, and high-quality sports content, you've come to the right place. Phenom Media boasts a team of over 100 youth contributors from around the world, covering every sport on every media platform. Make sure to follow Phenom on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as all of the Phenom podcast channels for daily content. The link tree in the episode description includes a direct link to all of the aforementioned platforms, so click on that to access everything. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a positive review so more people can discover the podcast. Now, let's get to the show.
1: Uh, Welcome to the first Phenom NHL show. I'm Jordan Mossberg. I'm 17 years old from New York. I'm a Big Islander fan, and my co-host
2: is... Uh, my name is Joe Franks. I'm 16 years old. I'm from Florida and I like the Florida Panthers, Chicago Blackhawks.
1: So uh, this is going to be on the Phenom podcast uh, media base. It's run completely by teenagers who just love sports. We have cover all different types of sports.
2: Yeah, Phenom's awesome. They've really given me a chance and a bunch of other teenagers. I think there's a 100 plus of us just to give us a voice and give our opinions and thoughts about different sports
1: yet and it doesn't it doesn't matter what sport you're interested in you can just write whatever you want if if you don't know that much about a topic but think you want to write gives you the freedom and people are from all over the country so it's brilliant uh so what you can expect from this podcast will be a rundown before the uh nhl season about all the different teams uh different
2: nhl news and more yeah we're probably going to try to shoot for once a week that will happen most weeks, so you should expect that. We're just going to talk about everything that happened, give you our predictions, previews, thoughts on literally anything, and expect to have a lot of fun here. And I'm excited to get started.
1: Yeah, so uh, let's start with the uh, new divisions. So the NHL recently had new divisions. Would you like to share them, Joe?
2: Uh, yeah, the NHL and new divisions are, there's the Canadian division of the seven Canadian teams which would be the Vancouver Canucks, Toronto Maple Leafs, Edmonton Oilers, Ottawa Senators, Calgary Flames, Montreal Canadiens, and the Winnipeg Jets, the Pacific Division of, or they're going to call it the Western Division, of San Jose, Las Vegas, the Kings, the Ducks, the Coyotes, the Avalanche, the Stars, and the Wild. And then there's the Atlantic Central, or also known as, I think, the East, I think is what they're calling that one. And that's of Boston, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, Florida, Detroit, Chicago, Nashville, and St. Louis. And then in the Met, the Metro, which I think they're also calling the North Division or the South Division. I'm not too sure. Uh, It's the Rangers, Penguins, Islanders, Flyers, Devils, Blue Jackets, Capitals, and Hurricanes. And that division is going to be a bloodbath. There are probably seven, maybe eight legitimate playoff teams, depending on how you feel about New Jersey in that division.
1: Yeah, and it's it's going to be interesting where teams that really don't have that big of a rivalry, haven't played much at all, and then they're going to start playing more. And then another great thing is that the Canadian teams who really – don't play each other that much. Yes, there's you have the Battle of Alberta, uh, Toronto, Montreal, but now all the Canadian teams are going to be playing each other. So it's going to be creating a lot more rivalries and more hatred, which in my opinion was one is one of the best parts of hockey, is just the pure hatred of other teams and their fan bases.
2: Yeah, it's always fun to see players go at it on the ice. It raises the level of competition a lot. Sometimes there's some scraps, which are really enjoyable to watch even social media is getting in on it a little bit i mean as a blackhawks fan i'm enjoying the red wings blackhawks rivalry even though neither of neither team should be too good this year we'll get to those teams in a future episode but i i like seeing the old rivals be together again
1: uh so how about we'll talk about in our first episode we're just going to talk about uh three teams we're going to talk about edmonton winnipeg and ottawa so we'll get started on Edmonton. So they didn't they had a pretty quiet offseason, pretty disappointing finish last year. Yeah, they but got, they definitely have the skill.
2: Yeah, they're an awesome team. They have two amazing offensive players and McDavid and Dry Seidel, both north of hundred point guys. And Dry really had his like put him put himself on the map this year and won Hart, Art Ross, won most trophies. I really like the pickup of Tyson Barry, especially now that Clef Bomb's out. Clef Bomb out is a massive loss for that defense. He blocks a ton of shots, is a pretty good, even strength defender, helps run their power play, and it's overall just a leader. But chronic shoulder. having a chronic, chronically bad uh, shoulder isn't good. But that loss will suck. But Barry will probably take a spot in power play one and look for him to have a massive year. This power play one on that team is going to be lethal. It's how they won games last year. It's how they're going to win games in the future. They're just going to be, score a bunch of goals. They're not going to play much defense. They're just going to try to outscore you.
1: Yeah, and I think they are going to be extremely hungry. Um, Connor McDavid is obviously the face of hockey. He's by far the best player in the world right now. And looking at his career career on like a winning standpoint as a team, it, he hasn't had that great of any playoff runs this year. He was knocked out in the play-in. So I think they're just going to be hungry. He's going to push the team. He should pick up a like better leader to try and win and get him name, not just as, as a hockey fan, but really grow the game to everybody when the best player winning, it's going to help everybody.
2: Yeah. It's like when Jordan basketball would win a lot. A lot more Bulls fans came around. They grew the game globally. I'd like to see that with hockey. They have definitely an issue with growth of the sport and how overall expensive it is to play it. I think that's one of the biggest issues why it's holding back. But going back to Edmonton, their success really relies on their goaltending because if we get bad Mike Smith and Viko Koskinen, who's been awesome the last couple of years, but if he starts to fall, which could happen at any point, he's a goalie. I wouldn't be shocked to see this team be the most disappointing team in the NHL due to just to lack of depth. Barry had an awful year last year and I know he was misutilized in Toronto and he wasn't like, he wasn't played well or he, and he wasn't playing well, but I think that he could be good this year. But if he's not good and the goaltending isn't good, they can put up four goals a game and still finish fifth in that division, even though that division's awful.
1: Yeah, I think the the tandem aspect of really having two goalies play is going is very beneficial, and it keeps the play it keeps the goalies dry. Up. I know, like I'm an Islander fan, and they did that great. Uh, Edmonton did it very well last year with both goalies basically splitting, keeps them fresh. If one goalie's hot, you'll play him. Once he starts to cool down, you have full faith in the other goalie, so you don't have to worry about one goalie being on a cold stretch and then you've lost five games in a row
2: yeah the goalie tandem is something that's benefited all goalies like look at boston Tucarask, rask and Holak have both been awesome but none of them play like 50 games like most teams their downfall florida they had bob playing 55 games last year and that was in i think 70 games and they he was tired and they just didn't play well so once he went cold the whole team went cold but having fresh goalies is massive even though I'm not the biggest Mike Smith believer, I think he's still like a serviceable backup. And I think that he can do enough to hold the fort down while Koskinen is resting. But I think. Yeah. Edmonton, spe- yeah.
1: Uh, well, just another point, but speaking of goalies and goalie mm-hmm. tandems, you just thought the Lundquist news just came out where he has decided to sit out this upcoming season. And that, I think that's going to have a big effect on, uh, on the Washington Capitals and on his career. Uh, He's obviously on the, basically the end of his career. And this team, they brought him in to be a good, cheaper mentor for uh, Samsonov. And if he's not going to be with the team, they're not going to have a lot of faith in, uh, in their backup goalie. I don't, I don't know who it is, but uh, they're going to basically throw a, not a rookie, but a younger goalie straight into the fire.
2: Yeah. Uh, the Dolunquist news sucks, but this is Samsonov's time. I mean, Samsonov is probably going to start. Hank was just kind of there to mentor. But Hank's had such an awful 2020. He got bought out by the team he's given us all to. There's a pretty big narrative that he got hung out a lot, which he kind of did. New York didn't treat him well. They didn't win him a cup, which is depressing. But... Uh, I feel bad because I think it's Phoenix Copley who's their backup, who I think has fought Jordan Bennington in an AHL game before. <laughs> That's the random Phoenix Copley fact. But he's probably not ready. There's a reason they've kept him in the AHL for an extraordinary amount of time. I mean, I still have faith in Samsonov. He's young enough where I think he can shoulder a bunch of games and not have to worry about being rested. I think he's good enough where they can be competitive with him, even though Hank being out is such a bad loss. But he was the odd man out in New York. They have two better goalies. And it wasn't his time anymore. Yeah,
1: they. That I've never, just not being a Ranger fan, always hating the Rangers. I never liked him, but you knew he was just the best goalie, and it was his team, and he carried them to a Stanley Cup with basically no help, and a definitely a Hall of Fame career.
2: Yeah. So now, should, we, should we move on to? uh sure yeah we can move on to uh we can move on to the ottawa senators who had a really interesting offseason because they added a lot and a time where it doesn't make sense but it's the cap floor so they have to be competitive and they have to be able to not be taxed because you know how much melnick loves his money <laughs> but they brought in uh genny Dad, on a relatively cheap deal which i liked i don't know, i don't know why florida didn't bring him back but i liked that pickup even though because worse comes to worse they trade him at low value if he sucks and the team sucks but realistically that might not happen I think the team could be bad but I don't think he'll be bad he'll still get his goals and Matt Murray pickup I dislike sincerely because Matt Murray was not good last year he wasn't good not last year but two years prior he wasn't good he had that one really good year and they're looking at stats from 16 and 17 which he just isn't that player anymore because that was four years ago. He's not the same goalie. Ottawa's a much worse team. I wouldn't be shocked if he has another like horrific year.
1: I mean, I I think they, yes, you said it, interesting. They had so much cap space and they really took advantage of it, not trying to win now. And I was a little surprised by the Dadunov pickup because he's a solid player who can help help a team kind of get over that that hump and help them. And this team, they have a bunch of draft picks, a bunch of solid young players. So I don't, I don't like these two signings they made, but I think otherwise the fact that they are realizing that maybe in the next five years we won't be good, but if we can really build a team of a solid young core, then they can start winning some games and get back to where they were only, Four years ago, when they made the Eastern Conference finals.
2: Yeah, when they lost that game at overtime, their whole franchise just kind of started to go down. But yeah, I don't
1: think anyone on that team has, I know they just got rid of Bobby Ryan, and which is is an incredible story, but yeah, I think that entire team is is gone.
2: Yeah, that whole team is gone. It's mostly due to ownership because there was a lot of bad mouthing, like I think it was a couple years ago. They were in taxis talking about how the team sucked, and they were got recorded, and that was a whole big PR fiasco. But Matt Murray, I don't like the signing because I don't the talent's there. He's just hasn't performed very well recently, and the defense there is awful. They're not looking to compete, and the dad no signing I liked. I thought he was gonna get traded last year at the deadline because Florida wasn't looking too good. Like they weren't competing. They were trying to, but they weren't very good. They could have gotten some nice assets but he's a good solid top six contributor on a good team. So I don't mind that pickup. It doesn't fit their timeline, but worst comes to worst, they can just trade them for some picks or some prospects and maybe it'll work out. And a, a big surprise with their team is uh, Anthony
1: Duclair. He was an all-star last year, good young player. And um, he hasn't been picked up yet. And he's just sitting, sitting on the market. And there's been a lot of, solid players i know mike hoffman's one who's yet to be signed uh matt barzell a big name who hasn't been signed there's just so many people who i don't know what teams are going to start to make a move because there's there's talent there that just isn't getting picked up
2: yeah there's less than a month i don't know why duclair hasn't been signed he was really good this year i mean the common trend and the players who haven't been picked up this year are there forwards who put out high goal volume, but with almost zero defense? Like like you previously mentioned, Duclair and Hoffman both play zero defense. They're in the bottom percentile of the league in defense, whereas the guys who got picked up, like Dan Nob was respectable defensively, and everyone else was like not bad or shown it in the past. Like Duclair, I'm shocked he hasn't been picked up. He's been on a bunch of teams in his career, which doesn't make sense. Like, he's a really good player. Hoffman, he had the issues back in Ottawa, ironically. And he had some really good seasons in Florida, but the power play was completely routed through him. And I think teams noticed that, like, a hot zone map of Florida's power play shows it's all from a right circle, which is exactly just where he stood. But I think he could help benefit a team, be a good second-line winger, and put up 30 goals. He's just atrocious defensively. And Ottawa's draft, I wasn't too fond of their draft either. Uh, Stutzle at three. That was a good pick. That was probably – he has a bunch of talent. I don't know if he's injured right now, but uh, I don't think he'll be over this year. But I think next year he'll be pretty good. Jake Sanderson, it's fine. It felt like a reach with Drysdale on the board, who's a better defenseman, better offensively, better puck mover. Could be better on the power play. I think Sanderson Screams really good third defenseman. It's kind of someone that'll play stay at home defense. He's really sound. But then the rest of their draft, I didn't like their value. I didn't like how they traded up for Tyler Clevin at all. I don't like the rest of their picks. I thought their draft was kind of mediocre and subpar.
1: I think they have a, a very good future. I mean, they had three first round picks this year. I know they have a couple next year. And like I said before, they just, they're embracing the rebuild. And sometimes that's a a good thing that you just have to do. You can't, you can't go all in on players that aren't going to help you right now. And then your salary cap screwed for the next couple of years. Um, Another thing that I noticed uh, just with teams in general was their salary cap and the issues. I know many, the NHL already wants to, Players Association wants to renegotiate the CBA, which was signed this before the season this year. And I'm pretty sure that uh, Gary Bettman spent like over $30 million uh, than he projected using the bubble. So I don't know if teams are going to be in trouble, What what's going to happen with players if they're worth this much, and then they just can't get that much because teams don't have the money to spend. So it's going to be interesting how the salary cap is going
2: to yeah. back down in the future. Yeah, it's the same reason why teams are so reluctant to give guys like Taylor Hall a long-term deal. I know we only got one by eight by Buffalo, which I like, but I think mean, Petrangelo was the only guy to sign long-term. I thought Barry could have gotten a long-term, but I guess even in a normal circumstance, I don't think it made sense for him to take a long-term because he just had an awful year. His value was pretty low. I think Edmonton's a good spot to get it back up. Uh, for the CBA, their, uh, their TV deal with NBC, I think, ends after this year. So I think they're going to renegotiate that for a bunch more money. Because I know uh, Sportsnet up in Canada, their deal was massive. And I know NBC's is only like $200 million, which I wouldn't be shocked if they got that number up to double, maybe triple that number for the next seven years or so, which I think could raise the salary cap a lot, kind of like how the NBA... How in 2016 their salary cap grew exponentially from from like 100 million or like 70 million now it's at like 100 and something million.
1: Well, I think this year is going to be a huge year uh, for the NHL as a proving point. I know not just the NHL but sports in general had a tough year in 2020, like everybody else. But um, if they're going to put out poor numbers again maybe they won't have as, as big a growth in their TV contract. So I think they're really going to need to push, get the fans really into it. um, And hopefully have some fans in the stadium towards the playoffs and get hockey back.
2: Yeah. The NHL needs it. And Gary Bettman, especially can't afford another lockout. There's already been a couple under his watch. If he takes a third, that'll be absolutely atrocious for the sport and its growth and just a black eye on the league and his tenure as a whole. They can't They can't afford another one. So he might have to take lesser of a deal. But you got to do what you got to do.
1: Yeah. Uh, now, I think we should start talking about Winnipeg. So yeah. they had an, an, in another interesting offseason. It was a lot of talk. They were in the news so much and nothing really happened. Big thing was what's going to happen with Line A, what's going to happen with Ehlers and nothing really came to fruition
2: yeah the line a the line a deal i can see why they held on because you saw the potential he had a 40 goal season but he's way too hot and cold for a guy who they expected to get that much trade value from they were asking for probably an absurd amount that i think teams saw that he had 11 goals in a month and then like not that many throughout the rest of the year and he was coming off a rough year But I still like him in Winnipeg. They have a really good offensive top line. I think their main issue, though, was 100% defense. Pionk really broke out this year. He had an awesome season on their power play. But the rest of their defense was so bad. And it really pains me because they had really good defensemen like Nate Schmidt on the market this year who went for a third. Ryan Murray who went for a fifth. And there's easier ways to fix it, but they were too locked up in cap to actually make a move had they not been locked into bad contracts like Matthew Perot's 4.1 mil, mil. and had they been on better contracts, I think maybe they could have made a move after defenseman because if Hellebuck doesn't really repeat the season, kind of has what he did, even his, not this past year, but the year before, it wasn't even like that horrific. It was bad, but it wasn't like, oh my gosh, like we can't win a game with him. If he doesn't have, like, the year he did last year where he was far and away the best goalie, that team could really fall off because they were really percentage-based. And their shots were falling, but I don't necessarily love them as a team if Hellebuck doesn't play well at all.
1: Yeah, well, it shows how valuable defensemen have been because they were clearly asking for a a big name, like a a top two, uh, top three, Uh, Three, maybe a little higher defenseman and teams just weren't going to aren't willing to give that up for a first line winger. They figure that if I can hold the team to less goals, then it's going to just going to benefit me. The teams that have been successful in the playoffs have strong defense. I know Tampa with Victor Hedman's amazing uh, and Vasilevsky has been amazing. Your teams with strong defensive cores are just gonna, it's gonna help you win games and playoff time and really winning games five to four or with such high numbers, lighting up goals think, isn't gonna help you.
2: I think, ironically, Duclair just signed. We were just talking about him. He just signed with Florida. He uh, yeah, had a one year, $1. $1.7 million deal. I actually really like that in Florida. He can take the power play one spot, which sucks because I wanted it to go to tip it. But 1.7 is a good offer. And I like that. 1.7 is a really good offer for him. Over one year, he could prove it deal, which he's taken a bunch of, which doesn't make sense. But I think this could be good. He can fit well on their power play. He can play first or second line. It just depends on how Quinville wants to deploy him. But I like this
1: very good for them cheap not so expensive and i feel like in general the theme of the offseason has just been like one year deals or all these players are kind of going to be willing to just take one year and wait what happens and see again next year i know taylor hall did that duclair just did that They They and was also looking for a one-year deal
2: yeah they, they wanted more uh financial, long-term security, which makes sense. They've had some really good years. Duclair was an all-star this year, which eh, it was partially due to the one guy, but he was also amazing halfway through the year. It's nothing taken away from him, but I like that pickup a lot. Uh, I think Winnipeg, though, had an awesome draft. I really love the Perfetti pickup. I think that pickup could possibly be the steal of the draft. I think he's an awesome player, but that gives them the – uh, flexibility to move someone like a line a maybe someone like an Ehlers or a Connor someone in their top six where they can play Perfetti and he can thrive
1: um here so let's maybe go towards some some questions that might
2: before we do some questions I, I want to talk about how the Blackhawks uh gave Stan Bowman the CEO not the CEO like the president, president. of hockey operations yeah. yeah I don't know why because he wasn't good he hasn't been good like he didn't really do anything to draft well he hasn't signed free agents well but I guess Chicago wanted to keep it internal and I guess it might be out of like respect for him but there I, I don't understand how Chicago doesn't think that there's a better guy for the job out there somewhere because Bowman just he just kind of isn't good which yeah,
1: I, I agree. I think, like you said, with like kind of paying him back, he was, did a lot for them, but I think the time, it's their time to move on. Yeah, they, they won three ups in like a span of six years. They, set was, out. they were like the best team in the league, but at one point you just got to like forget about it and try and rebuild. But one thing, I don't know if you give him credit or not, uh, but they did do an amazing job. Yeah, in recent years, drafting. I know they took Panarin, who's been great, uh, yeah. Brinkett, um, and then uh, Kirby Dak has also been solid, and they had a solid pick, uh, Kubliak this year. So they, they've been good drafting, but otherwise, they have huge contracts in players that,
2: yeah, like, are gone. I, I like Boquist a lot, he become something, but. I don't understand how he still has a job. They even sent out an open letter to the fans saying, hey, this is going to be a tough year. They uh, specifically used the word rebuild. I don't think that's ever been said in a letter that was public where they're like, we're going to play young guys and we're going to rebuild. But uh, I have some questions I wanted to get your thoughts on and I'll give some of mine. So in a full... Uh, 82 game season. I know we're not playing 82 this year, but I still wanted to go over 82. How how many goals over under? 28 goals for Brady Kachuk with the addition of Dadenoff on his line oh. and power play. He had 21 last year. I
1: I think me personally, I think there's going to be a lot of lot of goals. Um, you're going to have teams that a lot of players probably. Aren't in the best shape right now, um, with all the difficulties of training. I think it's going to get sloppy. I think there's going to be a lot of power plays, and I think with Dadanov helping him, being another solid player, I think that I don't. Know, I definitely think he'll have over 21.
2: Um, I think we'll break. Last I don't know
1: year. how much. I'm, I'm probably going to say the under on 28, but very close to it, maybe 27.
2: I wanted to take a push because I think twenty is a really good number. Over eighty-two, I'll go slightly over because I think he'll he's had really bad shooting percentages. I think he can get that improved. He'll have a better team of more opportunities. He plays kind of trash man role, and I really like his production there in that role. So over eighty-two, how many points do you think Dry and McDavid will each have?
1: Um. With a similar thing, I think there's going to be a lot of playoff – my bad, a lot of power play, and I think it's going to help them. So I think they could – over 82, probably over around 110
2: points. Yeah, they've averaged <laughs> – this is astronomical, but they've averaged around that number. I wouldn't be shocked because, like you said, I also agree with you. I think it's, it'll be sloppy. I don't really love uh, – How defense, how I think defense will be played this year. But I think a realistic number, this is a big year for David. Not that he has anything to prove, he has more team success to prove. But I think I wouldn't be shocked to see at least one of them eclipse 120 or a pace of 120, and the other one have also about 100, 105 on a pace. Yeah. And also, next question for Winnipeg, we briefly spoke about. Uh, Patrick Laine and his fiasco that this offseason was for him and their forwards, do you think anyone off their team will be traded?
1: I mean, I, I don't really know, like, where their front office is at a – I don't know if it was they thought Patrick is a good player, we can get something good for us, or if they just didn't want him. So – and that's big because if they really just didn't want him – then there, there could give him to a team for cheap, but I I think he's going to stay. I don't think a team's going to want to have to pick up his contract and lose a very good D-man and most likely be in cap trouble and then have a, a worse defense.
2: Yeah, I think they'll they'll stay put. They might acquire like a sixth defenseman, kind of like what they did with uh, Dylan DeMello this past year. He was awesome for them, but I think he could do something like that again, but I don't think it'll be anything meaningful. Like, I don't think they'll get another D-man. Uh yeah, do you think uh how do you think Edmonton's defense will fare without Clefbaum next year?
1: Um I it like you said, he's a very good player. It's gonna hurt them, but I don't know how defensive minded they might be. I don't know if they're just gonna try and play all out offense and just uh kind of get a stop and give it to one of their, their amazing playmakers. But I do think it will hurt them and it's going to cost them games, especially considering they need a defense to win. They're not, they need like a big unit to be able to, because I think if they can let up two goals, three goals a game, they can still win a good amount of games. So it's, if this, if they have like not as experienced players or just not as solid players, to cause him to let up four, five goals every couple games.
2: Yeah, like I said, Barry will be will need to step up. This isn't a question of if he had, if he like can. This is a need thing. I mean, Clefbaum out sucks. He was really, he was a good even strength defender, blocked a ton of shots, good leader. But I still think that they'll be, they'll be okay. I still think they'll be a playoff team because I think their goaltending will hold up. Speaking of goaltending, Matt Murray. I, how do you think he'll do?
1: I don't think he'll do good. Uh, I think it's a confusing spot. He's kind of he he's basically a shell of what he used to be, and he's such so young, so it's kind of surprising of how dominant he was when they made those cup runs.
2: Yeah, it's only he's only twenty six, and it seems like he's already peaked.
1: But I don't. He doesn't have a solid solid cast around him. And I feel like Pittsburgh really was a good spot for him there, a good team, and he could be a good backup goalie. And possibly, uh, if he would have re-signed, he most likely would have gone to the Seattle team So, and be their goalie. And you look at the success that Vegas had solely because of basically how unfair the expansion draft is.
2: Yeah, Vegas, Vegas had some good success, partially due to the draft, but partially due to other teams' stupidity. Like, they, they were really good in trades, but for Matt Murray, he's only played 199 career games, but 899 last year with a decent defense this year, going to a worse team with a worse defense, I don't really see it getting much better. He could put up something similar to, like, his 17-18 season, or with, like, he had a 907 with a 292 GAA, but even that, that's not, like, awesome. That's still, like, whatever, but... I don't think he'll be very good this year. And even Ottawa, they might leave him for Seattle. Because I know Pittsburgh was. They have really good goaltending. to DeSmith in the pipeline. But I think Murray is not in for a fun time in Ottawa.
1: Yeah, I think that was a very good. I had a lot of fun. And uh, we'll wrap up this first podcast. And then, so every Saturday, we'll be, we will be releasing the Phenom NHL show. So please tune in.
2: Yeah, stay tuned.